Welcome to the All Things Hollywood show with your host, Travis Cody, where you will learn from the top entertainers and filmmakers in the world to get the real scoop on what goes on behind the scenes in Hollywood. Not just another cliche Hollywood gossip show. On each episode, you will discover the rarely revealed secrets to Hollywood from the insiders, moguls, and movie stars that actually make show business run. And now, here's your host, Travis Cody. Hello, welcome to the All Things Hollywood Show. I'm Travis Cody, and thank you for joining me on this journey. You know, I've been thinking about movies a lot, obviously, because I have a podcast that's All Things Hollywood. And there's something that's been kind of rubbing me raw lately. Not lately, it's actually been for quite some time. Uh, and it is, you know, I've had several episodes where I've talked about my belief that in some ways Hollywood is fundamentally broken. And it's not just that, but there's this weird sort of vortex of creativity. It's almost like a creativity black hole has opened up in the middle of Hollywood. And like all creativity is rays of light and this black hole is just, you know, light can't escape a black hole. So it's just sucking it all in there and it's slowly like becoming this just wasteland of like vapid emptiness. So why do I say that Hollywood is losing its creativity? Well, first and foremost, have you seen any of the movies coming out in the last five years? With the exception of Marvel totally saving Hollywood's butt cheeks. Uh, yeah, if it wasn't, I mean, let's just look at it this way. If there, if Marvel had not launched and they did not have their superhero movies, what would Hollywood really be making right now? Because you look at the last seven years and the top four movies or five movies every year, what are they? They're superhero movies. So if they didn't have those, like Hollywood would be in serious trouble. And it's interesting because Marvel was not part of Hollywood. They were very creative comic book guys and they were tired of Hollywood crapping all over their properties. And so they took them back and they said, we're going to start, one, we're going to start our own movie studio. And two, we don't want to deal with Hollywood because they've ruined our other stuff. So we're going to independently finance a film. Now, when this announcement came out, I was in rooms and in parties where people in Hollywood were laughing. They thought this was the most hilarious thing in the world. Comic book guys are going to make a movie. This is going to be a disaster. And then they're going to come crawling back to us. And then Marvel announced they were going to do, uh, they had a 10-year plan. We have a 10-year plan with phase one, phase two, phase three. And Matt, you should have seen the eyes rolling in the development rooms across Hollywood. You're go 10 years, we don't know what's gonna be popular next year. And these stupid comic book guys think they can plan out 10 years of movies? The, oh my God, these guys are so infantile. Like, oh, and then they announced and we're launching our 10-year plan with Iron Man. Wow, Iron Man. <coughs> Excuse me. What? Iron Man is a property that no one even knows about. Like, 
You have Spider-Man, you have the X-Men, you have Captain America, all these other, Iron Man, like, oh my, this is, and there's the whole thing, I mean, it was, <clears throat> it was a joke to people in Hollywood that Marvel thought they were going to do this. And then the joke is on Hollywood because look what has happened. I, and a lot, I, an argument could be made that Marvel completely saved Hollywood's butt by reintroducing creativity and more importantly, giving us character-driven films. So getting back to my main point about the, the creativity vortex in Hollywood, uh, the year that Jurassic World came out, and it's also the year that Star Wars The Force Awakens came out, Star Wars Episode Seven. And as I, as I watched the movie, now that, you know, they were entertaining. And I know there's going to be plenty of people that disagree with me, especially when it comes to Star Wars, because there is a massive hatred of George Lucas with what he did with episodes one, two, and three. But um, as I watched Jurassic World and then later Force Awakens, and the day after I was thinking about Force Awakens, and, and I started to get kind of, like, I didn't start to kind of get, like, like I started to get upset. Because I was thinking about the movie, you know, here's the, the most creative people in Hollywood, J.J. Abrams and Lost, and it doesn't get more creative than that. Kathleen Kennedy and the amazing, just phenomenal stuff she's done. Like, these are the guys behind it. You're thinking, yes, this is going to be amazing. But if you analyze Star Wars First Awakens, <clears throat> what is it? I, it, I mean, let's go back to the original Star Wars. What was the original Star Wars? The very first one, New Hope, 1977. It was a orphaned kid on a desert planet trying to find his way who gets sucked into this thing. And there's this whole thing about a rebellion. And then there's an empire creating a big machine that can destroy a planet. Well, what the heck is Force Awakens? Oh, wait a minute. I've got an orphaned kid on a desert planet. He gets sucked in a scene called the Rebellion. And then, wait a minute. There's a thing making a planet. It's the exact same movie. The exact same one. And, I, and as a development person, I can just, I, I have this vision of sitting in the development room as they were, <coughs> as they were thinking of like, okay, we're going to, you know, what, what, when they made the decision to get away from George Lucas's uh, original storyline, which I personally think was mistake number one. The man created the universe. Why? And when he originally set this up, he did episodes one through nine. And if you've read any interviews with Timothy Zahn, who written, has written some of the definitive Star Wars books, he has said that in his interviews with George Lucas that George Lucas had actually mapped out episodes 1 through 12. So when the man who has created the universe has episodes 7, 8, and 9, the storyline already created, why would you throw that away? And Kathleen, I love you. 
We've never personally met. We've been in the same room several times, but I haven't had the opportunity yet. I love you. I think you are amazing. And I think that what you've done is so remarkable. And you're literally one of my most favorite people in all of Hollywood. But when you said, we got rid of George Lucas's stories because we wanted to make a movie, a Star Wars movie for the fans. No! The Star Wars movie for the fans was George Lucas's story that he created for us. Now, let's just be honest. Between you and I, George Lucas is not the best writer. I think we can agree on this. And personally, I feel like episodes one, two, and three, had he brought in an outside writer like he had done for episodes five and six that the movies would have been much stronger. But his story is still amazing, what he has created. Like, Star Wars exists because of this one man's vision. So I have this <clears throat> vision of sitting in the development room, and when they decided not to use George Lucas's original story, and this team of creative types, air, air bunnies there, air quotes, creative types, sitting in this room going, you know, so what are we going to do? And after a marathon all-day session of, you know, ceiling-to-floor whiteboards with notes and storylines, and, and finally somebody says, I know, let's do Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, but let's make it bigger. And everybody went, oh my God, that's brilliant. Why did we think of it? Of course. And then somebody said, no, no, no. We'll make it bigger. And we'll make Luke Skywalker a girl. Oh my God, this is, this is genius. That's how I feel that the, the, what the? And that everybody in the room is, again, my term, the Hollywood circle, the creative circle jerk. Every, now everybody's standing around in a circle jerking everybody off. Oh my God, it's going to be bigger and she's going to be a woman. This is, we're so going to be so amazing. No, like I, I saw this movie 40 years ago. And yes, I'm so happy we have a female lead, finally. But could we have given a female lead her own story instead of making her exactly the same, an orphan on a planet trying to figure away the force and there's this thing, now, now it doesn't blow up one planet, it can blow up three across the universe. What? Why? Why would you do that? And it's sort of, I feel like Jurassic World was sort of the same thing. Now, I loved the movie. I, I was very entertained, but at the same time, I was like, wait a minute. I saw this movie. It came out in 1992, and I, I feel like being in the development room, guys were like, God, you know, we've done all these Jurassic worlds, you know, these Jurassic movies now, and the first couple did okay, the second one people didn't like, and the third one's like, whatever. I mean, how are we really going to, how are we going to do this? Like, dinosaurs on an island, like, what are we going to, like, we've already done it three times, and then suddenly after an all-day marathon session, somebody went, I know, let's remake Jurassic Park, but let's make it bigger. And it was like, oh my God, what? <clears throat> it's not Jurassic Park. It's Jurassic World. 
oh my god, you're a genius. We're gonna pay you so much money. And that, that's what I feel. It's, it's, it's like we've hit the creativity, bottom of the creativity vortex so hard now where the most creative people in Hollywood are going, I know, let's remake it, but we'll make it bigger. And that's the other thing. I feel like Hollywood, a lot of the, quote, air bunnies here, quote, creative types, they're number crunchers. I know several of them, and they were actually CFOs first, chief financial officers, who then came to take over a movie studio. And it's great. These guys that run numbers, that's awesome. But the problem is that they start now looking at everything just based on numbers. Oh, $20 million movie star with $10 million director with $3 million screenwriter with a budget of $150 million and 3,765 special effects and $125 million ad spend equals uh, $800 million gross worldwide. And that's what they literally then say. Well, what about the story? I don't care about the story. Well, what about, I don't care. Look, we need a $20 million movie star with a $10 million director with a $3 million and this many special effects and we'll spend $150 million in advertising and people will go see it. Why? Because I'm telling them to, oh wait, you again, you're the guy. They'll we'll watch what I tell them to watch. And it's like, ah, no, like, can we please have some creativity back in the world? Can we not run? And I get, it is, again, a business, although in a very accidental business because Hollywood can't figure out why movies will succeed or why movies will flop like Ghostbusters. Why did Ghostbusters flop? We don't understand. We had a $10 million director with $20 million of the biggest comedians and we had this huge writer and we all these special The numbers showed it should have worked. That's your problem. Stop thinking everything's numbers and instead go out to your freaking fan base and ask them what they want to see. Why is this so difficult? <sighs> All right. I feel so much better now. I feel, I feel like this has been a therapy session. Thank you. Uh, I hope you've been sitting in your chair. I've been laying on the couch here. And uh, now that I've, 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 I've got this off my chest, I feel so much better. This episode's getting a little bit long, so I am going to say sayonara. This has been the All Things Hollywood Show. I'm your host, Travis Cody. Thanks for listening, and we will see you soon. And I don't know why I say see you soon. I can't see you. You can't see me. You will hear me soon. How about that? I will talk at you soon. Hey, it's Travis Cody. I want to thank you for listening to the All Things Hollywood Show, and I want to make sure you're plugged into everything we're doing on a daily basis. Go to allthingshollywoodshow.com and join the email list so you can get notifications when new episodes come out, plus get links to the transcripts of every show we've done in the past. You can also grab a free copy of my best-selling book, Celebrity Rules, which shares even more details on the world of Hollywood and celebrities and what you can do to prepare for the day you meet one. And finally, if you enjoyed the show, I'd appreciate if you will leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode.